Welcome to the Men Talk Ubuntu podcast. Our guest this episode is Roger Mejias, originally from the tropical terrain of Trinidad and Tobago. He's an avid explorer, an intrepid entrepreneur, and aficionado of the beauty this world offers. A man with an evolving vision for life, which he continues to live on his terms. Roger, it's a pleasure to have you here. Please tell us about your story and journey. Thank you, Shai. It's a privilege to be here. And uh, you make me sound good. <laughs> so thanks for that. Uh, so, well, just to uh, give you a brief um, introduction of myself. Like you said, I grew up in, in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, I did all my schooling there when I was about 18. I moved to the UK. Uh, to, and I started working on the oil rigs. Um, um, since you know, I've been I've been doing that from from then till till now, and uh, since I get a lot of time off in, with that job, um, I've I've you know I've I've learned all about it. investing in different things. So I invest in property and um, a couple of businesses here and there of a few going concerns. Uh, and generally, I just uh, I just like acquiring skills. I like acquiring a lot of skills. So I, you know I, I basically have a lot of different things that I get involved in. Keeps me. Keeps me um, keeps me interested. So that's a, a brief summary of, of you know myself. Brilliant. Um, I like how you phrase that with regards to you spending a lot of the time that you get off because I think you sort of work like a three week on, three week off uh, rota on on the most part, or sometimes could be even longer. Um, yes, yeah, so it's, it's random um, because I'm sort of a contractor, so it just is, uh, it depends on what offers I accept and so on. It's quite random. Sometimes I'm three weeks there, one week here. Sometimes I'm three weeks here, one, you know, one week out there. Excellent. You know? so, and when you're at work, you're at work. Yeah. When you're not there, when the contract's done, mm -hmm. you are set. And well, I'll say thank mm -hmm. you first and foremost, Roger, because it goes beautifully onto the topic for today which is when men talk about committing to your vision. And I think you are working on your vision when you're at work and you're also working on your vision when you don't have, when you're not at the workplace, which is great, great to hear about. Mm -hmm. But before we get into that, could you tell us about your mental health story? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, in terms of uh, men mental health story, I mean, I've, I I, f I feel like I've been on quite a journey in terms of men mental health. Um, I mean, you know, most stories start off in terms of mental health, start off in childhood, you know, so perhaps I can just, uh, you know, uh, speak about my, my beginnings and so on. And, For sure, take um, us and back. Come, come up and, you know, feel free to, 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 to jump in anytime you, you like. You know, so basically, so I, as I said, I grew up in Tobago. Um, I was raised by a single mom and I've got uh, five siblings. I was like the second to last, sec second to youngest. And uh, so, you know, being raised by a single mom, I didn't really have that much of a male, you know, role model, if you would. Uh, but what I did have was uh, I had, and I, so, and I also didn't have a lot of friends. I was quite a shy person, shy child, um, very self-conscious sort of lacking in confidence, if you would. But I did have one friend, uh, uh, which was very different. He was very different from me. He was, you know, she was sort of like the, um, 
you know the dominant one in in in, in the uh, in the group of boys, if you would. He was quite outspoken, very skillful in a lot of things, and he was one of the leaders, you know. But somehow we had a, a good friendship. We grew up next to each other, and he would sort of shelter me. So as a result of being friends with him, I was able to be included in in the group without actually standing on my own feet, you know. So at that time, it it it, it felt like a blessing, but. In some respects, you can say it didn't, it didn't work so well because obviously it didn't allow me to have to be forced to develop the skills, you know, like the, to, to fend for myself, you know, in a social setting and yeah. among boys, you know, being more dominant, things like that. So, uh, you know, as a result of that friendship, I never really developed those qualities, you know. So, you know, all the way through my schooling and stuff like that, I was quite, yeah, that quite kind of quiet, shy very self-conscious, you know, very um, concerned about what people think and wanting to, you know, like uh, be liked and, and things like that. Um, you know, and um, the problem was, uh, you know, I felt like I lacked a lot of, mostly what I, what I felt most the pain from was mostly like social skills, you know. I felt like I lack a lot of social skills and I didn't know how to, to talk with people or how to even simple things like bantering with the guys or, um, you know, far more for speaking to an attractive woman that would, or, or girl in those days. <laughs> that would scare the shit out of me. So, yeah, Simon, do you want to say? Oh, yeah, yeah, me. I'm just curious now. Um, so <laughs> I'm almost sad that I jumped in at that moment. It was just getting super interesting. <laughs> but I, I wanted yeah. to ask, what was the cause of this... Uh, self-consciousness or this insecurity what because obviously i know you as you are now so i'm quite curious to mm -hmm. understand what what made you self-conscious when you were younger was it appearance or just a mindset well, thing? Uh, like, like i said uh, i think it's i think it's the fact that you know i you know i felt i don't know like when i was um when i was younger and i had this mate of mine like i said i wasn't really forced to develop confidence and develop fend for myself you know so I could have gotten away with just being quiet and still be included in the group still be able to you know enjoy and have a good time so you know I think um, as, a, as a child if, if you're not forced to, to develop certain things maybe because of the fact that you can't get by without them you, you probably just take the easy way out if you know what I mean you try to just get by yeah? um, so, so for that I think that that probably is the reason why I just had that type of shyness I don't know, it could be to do with, um, you know, my family as well. I mean, you know, having six, six siblings, you know, there was a lot of war going on in the house. So, you know, um, they might, and all of my, most of my siblings are older. So I would be the one kind of, you know, getting disciplined a lot. <laughs> so, you know, you kind of learn to just be, you know, be a bit more quiet and just, you know, go with the flow a little bit like that. Yeah. I, so, think, uh, I, think, I think you're right with... Um what you're saying because uh i mean i remember reading an article which and also um speaking to uh someone who studied psychology and they always said that when it comes to having a you know siblings which is for instance you know three or more mm -hmm. there's 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 this there's two different paradigms so for instance the the first borns or the first two or three they're always outspoken very loud and they always get heard and things like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas the other spectrum of it is um, 
the younger ones or the last one feel no matter how vocal they are, they can ne- they they don't get heard, or even if they say something, it's never of significance. Um, mm-hmm. And I've even spoken, and and you know, I've also seen that that same kind of thing in my own family as well. And I came to realize, even you know, my my younger brother is even though he's he's vocal to an extent, but at the same time, he's quite very reserved and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that also plays. Play, even without e- even me realizing as a big brother that you know because you have to you know nurture and guide your your, your, si- your younger siblings little do you know that you're actually kind of you know um suppressing them being vocal whereas it took me to kind of understand take a step back and have that conversation with him and say that oh do you know what now I understand why you are the way you are why you're most probably quiet and you're reserved and things like that but when he's with his friends he's more outspoken and things like that but within the family and that also when we're in social environments is quite similar as well mm-hmm. uh, and um I, I i don't know if you can relate to that as well yeah i, I would say you know like in these in, in certain situations like when you feel like you're being saved like it's it's the deliverance that doesn't deliver because then yeah. you just stop being, stop using your own mind. You stop using your own power to, to, to improve, to, to, to deal with the situation. If someone is there handling it for you, you know, it's sort of like the, 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 the situation with, with um, like uh, kids who, um, who, who their parents like take away all sense of responsibility from them and just do everything for them. Yeah. When they grow up now, they become big, big kids. They don't know how to do anything for themselves. And the mm. parents thought that they were showing love by, by doing that. You know, they're giving them everything they think they, they, they want. But actually, you also set them up for a helplessness when they, when they get older, you know. So sometimes, you know, you need to allow people like, uh, you know, siblings or younger folk to fend for themselves. Suffer. Let them suffer a little bit. I, I agree. I agree. Pain is gain, as they say. Exactly. Shamanda? <laughs> yeah, um, I love the, well, I don't love the idea of suffering, but I know there's a psychologist, I think Viktor Frankl, who was like a prisoner uh, in the Jewish uh, camps you know, in Auschwitz, and he's a survivor, of course, and he, he spoke a lot about suffering and us having to find some sort of meaning through it. But as you were saying all that, I, I was literally thinking of the thing that people say about the butterfly, where it once, you know, it's moving from a caterpillar and it gets itself in its cocoon and it's about to become or emerge as a butterfly. If you cut the cocoon and let it out, it will never use its wings. It won't sort of force its way out and flap its wings and get all the fluids pumping there to where they need to go to allow it yeah. to survive it would just come out with its wings all week i suppose and it won't fly therefore it won't eat and it would just yeah. die basically and i think that that's very aligned to what you were saying and i know you were sort of going through your school phase where you were saying you had this one friend who was perhaps a bit more boisterous or gregarious and stuff and he took you under his wing if you would shelter me from having the need to fend for myself, you know, in a, yeah. amongst yeah. the boys or amongst the And boys. we're getting into the girls' situation. <laughs> so I don't know if this is where you got the awareness of the fact that you needed to do more work for yourself 
or if if uh, well, it was during what, high what school. I would say is, uh, yeah, what happened is throughout my high school, I mean, I I, I was quite that that shy, quite self conscious. I mean, I wasn't necessarily um uh you know bullied or anything like that. You know, I just was quite sh- quite quite quiet and quite shy and reserved. I was I was you know I did quite well in in, in um, academics, so I think the somebody more if you would say cool kids uh, wanted a copy from me in tests. So <laughs> they stayed on my good side, you know, <laughs> they didn't bully me or something like that. So, but uh, you know, that's shyness and that's lacking in, 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 in self, 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 self-confidence and so on, you know, last with me throughout, throughout my schooling. And then um, even, even into my young um, adulthood. And I think what happened is um, I, 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 when I look back, I realized I had a, a belief, right. Um, that, there are certain skills, certain skill sets that you are either born with or not. Yeah. And, and in, in terms of social skill sets, I felt like those were in that category is like, you know, some people are charismatic and, and likable and, you know, able to, you know, be entertaining and so on. And some people are, are not. And if you're, if you're not like that, you're almost, it's like you're doomed to that for the rest of your life in that sense. Yeah. I believe that um, I, I had that belief that certain skill sets weren't learnable. They were either you have it or you don't have it, right? And that that one limiting belief, I think, is something that made that brought that made me feel a lot of hopelessness. And I think that bring that could bring on feelings of depression and things like that because you almost you know hope is a big part of feeling you know feeling positive about the future, feeling that you know yeah I may be here now, but there is a clear pathway for me to get from here to where I want to be. Yeah. And if you don't believe that that's possible, then you almost just, yeah, you almost feel like you just got to resolve yourself to, to being, to not being what you would like to be. Or, yeah. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's quite incredible. You, you mentioned even hopelessness um, in, in positive psychology, there's usually say four pillar concepts, if you will, which is hope, confidence, resilience and i think Mm self-esteem and like say if you're lacking those you are more inclined to get into that remuneration (laughs) thinking money (laughs) that uh, vicious cycle that often leads to depression where you are ruminating over your own behaviors or experiences and extreme self-consciousness yeah so i mean it sounds like Yeah, it sounds like you you were quite aware. I mean, if you're quiet, usually you're rather observant. And I also even wanted to jump in on what Ray was saying about the child, the the childhood order thing, because I'm the youngest of like four altogether siblings. And a lot of what you were both saying there was also really uh, hit me where I live type thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you identified, I know you can perhaps with hindsight identify maybe going through phases of depression or anything like that. I'm sure we, yeah, yeah. So it's part of almost yeah, a high about, you know, the, of passage. Right. Yeah. But you know, the interesting thing is that uh, my journey out of that, um, that sort of uh, feeling that I was not, you know, uh, maybe a bit of hopelessness or feeling that I was stuck in myself and I couldn't, improve also it started with a a book that i that i got and in very strange circumstances and this was the first book that i ever read in in, apart from school school books Um, and you know it's an interesting story you know know, if you want me to share it if yeah so 
I was on the ferry. This was close to when I was about to graduate from high school. Maybe I was about 17 or so. And uh, I was on a ferry between the two islands, Trinidad and Tobago, which is it's two islands, one country. Yeah? I met a family friend and he was telling me all about this book that he, he read. And he said, if he had this book when he was my age, he would be where he was speaking in about money. He's saying I would be a millionaire and I'd be set up for life and la la la. And then he was saying to me like, oh, I should, um, like he said that, he said I should read it one. And then he said he had a copy that he was willing to sell, sell me. He, well, he's not selling the books, but he said he had an extra copy. He would be willing to sell me for $100, right? That's like about 10 quid. But I mean, when I was 17, I mean, I, I, there was a, there's quite a few things I could think about to spend 100 quid on and a book, right? Yeah. <laughs> I had no value for, for books at that time. Um, so I just said, yeah, yeah, you know, interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was the end of that, right? Yeah. So a week later, I, I, graduated, I graduated from high school and I got a few distinctions in some subjects. So they gave me, they called me on the stage and they gave me like a, a hamper with some, some items in it. Geometry said this, that. And lo and behold, there was this book, the exact book this guy told me about a week ago. Wow. Right? Yeah. So I was like, wow, that's a, that's an like interesting coincidence, you know? Uh, so anyway, I, I, I read, I started reading the book and, you know, I read the whole thing in a few days, you know, and it, um, it, 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 it was a book on, on finances and I'm sure most of you probably heard of it. It's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rich Robert Dad, Kiyosaki, Dad. yeah? Robert Kiyosaki, exactly. And this was a book on finances. Now, this does tie back into mental health. So I haven't gone off track here, but, <laughs> you know, yeah, I will link it back. Um, but uh, it was a book on finances, right? And I read it in a, in a week and it completely transformed the way I thought of, you know, my, you know, financial fortunes and so on. It's just in a nutshell, the book um, spoke about the difference in the thinking of, a, a rich, of rich people and poor people, rich people. Uh, think about poor people think about working for money and, and rich people think about letting money work for them, right? The book prescribed a simple strategy for your financial life, which was you, you get, if, if you don't already come from money, you get a, as best a job you can, you live below your means, you save the rest while, and to, to eventually get a bit of a, um, a pot together to invest with. And in the meantime, this is what it stressed. And this is the point, this is why I brought this all up. In the meantime, it's, it, 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 it just hammered on financial education, financial education, financial education. Uh, learn about money, how money works, how investments works, what types of investments are good, what are not, what's, what, you know, what ones give you the best returns, which, which ones are safer. All about, you know, it, it just keep hammering that point. Educate yourself about money, yeah? So, you know, that is, that, that is sort of the strategy. That is sort of the strategy that I employed when I came to the UK. I started working offshore which, um, you know, I, 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 and I you know, lived up below my means, saved up. I got involved in, learned all about how to invest in property and business and this and that. And, you know, that, 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 that sort of um, advice really set me up to, 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 to create a very um, a financial future for myself that was, uh, you know, gave me a lot of freedoms and, you know, made my life a lot easier just from that knowledge, if you know what I mean. So, but that was the first uh, time, that was the first book that I read that I had an experience where, wow, it's like you can, your whole way of seeing things, your whole perspectives can change so much just from reading a book about, and it seemed like the, the knowledge was such elitist knowledge now, you know, um, I was, I felt like I was being privy to like, you know, like some 
really you know elite knowledge that not everybody can can uh, can get and as a result uh, I, I sort of um got exposed to that whole world of of books out there which you know which teach you things that you know you can really change your perspective on things um and you know i still had my limits in the belief that you know there are certain skills you can't learn but then i started to see books which had titles that's suggesting that they're going to teach you how to get those skills books yeah. on how to be more charismatic how to how to attract women <laughs> how to <laughs> you know qualities and things that i thought well how to be better in conversation or you know i thought these things weren't learnable but with my limited belief still intact i i got some of these books and i started to read and so on start to apply some of the little ideas and you know start to see some improvements and stuff like that you know um so and then slowly but surely you know those those some little uh, results um some little improvements uh, in in those skill sets that i noticed started to slowly erode that limiting belief that i had so i saw saw a way out that i could actually improve these skill sets you know yeah so so shall you wanted to come in yeah on? yeah um wow i mean powerful stuff uh, i i've come across rich dad poor dad but much later and uh everyone who probably does wishes they came across it a lot a lot sooner i think the most powerful thing there f- for what you were saying was it i think it's like bruce lee or something where he's like knowing isn't enough we have to do and a lot of people read mm-hmm. books but you genuinely applied what you were getting from the book especially that living below your means piece and so this was a beautiful fantastic transition into committing to your vision so it seems like yeah. at that point you were smart in high school you got some distinctions and lo and behold it all pays off they give you the hand for that gives you extra knowledge that you need and it seems that might be one turning point where you've gone from just the education focus to the okay financially I've got the school down but you might have sensed there was something missing and the rich dad poor dad highlights that you're like okay I want to f- educate myself financially you mentioned going into mm-hmm. the oil platform field working in sort of that and saving up what you can i'm i'm also then curious so it seems to me you you also identified the other books you started working on it seems to me that a key turning point where you started to almost go this was me in high school i've come out i've done quite well and now this is who i want to become and you've gone on to yeah. actively shape or mold yourself or chisel yourself you know into who you want to become and so i think i feel like you've sort of shared two mentors in essence so you've had the friend who initially i suppose showed you what it's like to be someone who interacts with everyone who's one of the cool kids and what comes with that and you've got someone else who well, we won't go with him highlighting the book to you you've got robert kiyosaki who's Ed informed you about getting mm-hmm. financially educated. Yes. At this mm-hmm. point when well, you're then, starting to work, yeah. Yeah. Who No, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I was I was going to ask if 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 it changed who you started hanging out with, if you sort of lost communication with friends and the, you know, you're the second youngest, how does that change relationships at home if you're doing all this and just what what was the journey like in that second phase as the depression or those self-consciousness pieces if they started to disappear or is this more 
I was focused on certain books of study when I was in school. Now I'm focused on these books and on developing myself in this way, but I'm still perhaps keeping to myself, still the reserved and quiet person and the other transformations come later. Right. Well, what, what, what happened from that point on when I discovered this, this, this whole world of information out there that, you know, can teach me things to, to, to improve skill sets that I felt like I was lacking. Right. Um, I would, I would sort of just give you my, 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 my understanding of it now with full hindsight and then go back to, to the, what, what I feel is that, uh, for, for, for my mental health, it, I, needed to, I need to feel useful and capable in, in a, you know, a wider range of, um, of, a, of a areas in my life. And I also need to feel that I'm doing something or, or, or at least some things that are, are worthwhile to me. In my estimation, I feel them to be worthwhile. Yeah. Now, what, what happened, what was the problem, you know, at the start of the journey, you know, when I was lacking in these various skill sets is that I didn't have the skill sets necessary to be useful or capable in the ways that I want to be useful to feel, to feel, um, you know, empowered in myself, to feel like I'm in control, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm able to respond to the, to the challenges that life throw at me effectively um, and, and, and to be proud of that in myself, you know. So I feel like my mental health started to, really um, improve and so on. Once I saw that, oh, there is a pathway I can develop, I can actually develop any skill that I want. When, so, so is that one limiting belief that some skills are not learnable? That's the one limiting belief that I think if men, if, guys, if people let, let go of that, then, then you, 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 can, you can have the understanding that there is a, there is a pathway from wherever you are at now where you're feeling I'm, I'm, so, I'm so shy, I'm so bad at this, I'm so, I can't talk to people, I feel nervous in, in this. You, 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 there is a clear path where you say, oh, every skill is learnable as long as I'm willing to go out there now and seek the information and take the gems and, and then start to apply them and so on. So I feel for men, uh, or for myself at least, if I feel that there is a clear path to, towards sorting up a, a, a problem that I feel I'm feeling I'm experiencing that I have, that is half the mental strain of it gone. You know, you know, it more is more more. I more suffer mentally if it is I feel like I've got an issue and there's nothing I can do about it. There's no solution. There's no pathway. I don't mind to work towards the solution, but if I feel there is no, I can't see any solution, then then my mental health will suffer from that, you know? So I think that one limiting belief of, um, you know, s some skills are not learnable. Once you get rid of that, you realize that, you know, there are, there, you know, there, there are, first of all, there are thousands of people who have the same problems you have. And there's a few hundred of them that wrote books about it and the solutions that they found for it, you know? So if you want to go out there and dig, you're going to find and, you, and then you start to apply and, you know, Everything starts to work, work, work out for you slowly but surely as you start to stack up those skill sets. Um, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no, it, it's 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 so nice and warming to obviously hear that. You know, from going from the transition of like you know being with uh, a single parent mother who's basically playing both mum and dad, 
Um, and obviously you thinking that, you know, you don't have these skills, attributes, things like that. You go through the transition of, you know, teenage, 20s, things like that. Um, you read this book and it just opens a door to you to make you realize that, do you know what? There's a blue there's a blueprint for everything. That's one thing I've realized. There's a blueprint from everything. So there's not any, there's not even the things that you think, oh yeah, you can't do. And 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 I think the key the key to it is that the fact that because there's a blueprint, it makes it the journey half easier, if that makes sense. Because I think yes. if there wasn't a blueprint, it would mm-hmm. we would have to do that. Would have to do what the book's telling us, you know, three four times just to obviously get to that end result. Mm-hmm. And you know, you obviously saying that all these books, like I'm. I'm I'm on the same page as you in terms of that because I'm starting to realize that all the answers are hidden away in books for, for for all of us. You know, if you don't know something, rest assured. And obviously now, you know, we're in the digital age. Yeah, Google's our best friend. Alexa's our best friend. You know, there's there's and no YouTube need for... as well. I mean, there's lots of guys t- talking yeah. about it. If you want on YouTube, so definitely, watching, definitely. So the, the the one thing I'm I'm really you know, eager to find out is, you know, you say you work, you know, in the oil rig industry, things like that. And it, personally, I've never heard or known a lot of black people to obviously work. I mean, what kind of pushed you to, you know, to go that there, to, to go into that direction? What's it like as well in terms of the environment? Obviously, I can, I can, I can only assume there's a lot of guys, but, you know, I just want to understand what the, the the races and if there's any if there's ever been any conflict and what's that been like for you as a black man as well you know yeah yeah well what happened well in terms of how i started is my brother was doing it before me he he was he came here about two years before me and started he started he got into it because of uh, an in-law of ours that came to, to tobago and sort of he became friendly with him and he told him all about the possibility to do this and which sort of training courses and things he could do so he sort of, um, he took the, the leap um, of faith and, and just went, did the courses and got, in, got into the industry. And then he sort of paved the way for me. So I, I followed in his footsteps. He, he showed me which courses as well. And he paid for it initially. And then I paid him back once I started to work and so on. So that, that, that you know, that, I guess that's more a kind of luck thing getting into it, not so much my, my doing per se. It was just an opportunity that was presented to me and I, and I, and I took it. And it, you know, it turned out to be quite a good one. But uh, in terms of the, the, the lifestyle and so on, Eric, yeah, it's, I mean, it's 99.9% male out there, you know. You might see one or two women on, a, on an oil rig of three, 400 guys, you know. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's a kind of, um, it's an all-male environment. Uh, there's not a lot of drama, if you know what I mean. There's not a lot of... Uh, there's not a lot of drama between men too much when, when you're out there. Guys just kind of get on with it. They do what they need to do. And then they're just, you know, they're just doing their time and then they go home kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, very rarely you have too much. Um, you, you will have a little bit of, um, you have a little bit of like um, egos competing, you know, some, somebody, some guy, um, you know, feeling like, you know, uh, sort of wanting to defend his position in something or the other, but, I mean, still out there, there's a clear hierarchy, you know, there is the, who is the, um, who is the supervisor, who is the, you know, there's a clear hierarchy for, for, for the men. So 
you know where you know where you stand in that. So there's there's there's, there's little conflict apart from when there is two people who feel like they have a certain level of authority and then they disagree on how to handle something. So then they might have a little bit of busting up and a little bit of swearing and whatever between them. But that's quite rare in the UK too, you know. Uh, the, the environment out there is very relaxed, to be honest, you know. So it's quite quite pleasant to, place to, to, to work and to be, you know, once you, once you happen to be with a team of guys who are just chill out and relaxed, you know, it's like, uh, the, the, what we have to do, the job itself is clearly laid out for us. You know, it's controlled extensively with permits and things like that. So it's planned, it's controlled. So you know, um, actually, I got a lot of um, I got a lot out from from that line of work in terms of planning things and thinking about all the you know all the possibilities, risk, making sure you have um, the full plan in, in mind before you even start a task. That's kind of been very um, very useful for me in terms of even things that I do at home and, and businesses or, 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 or projects that I, I start myself, it allowed me to, to see how to clearly structure these kind of things because I'm doing that every day in, in that work, in that line of work now, you know. In terms of being a black man, I am, um, you know, I'm usually probably one of the only guys who is not white on a platform, um, but I haven't noticed any, any, um, any, any, I haven't been treated any differently or, I've seen other guys who are even even um, darker than I am as well, and you know, they, 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 no guys are guys are not treated differently um, due to, to race or anything like that. I've never, I haven't seen any any um any experience of that. You know, even like Pakistani guys or Chinese guys, and so you see sometimes you know, a bit a bit rarer, but you see them sometimes, and you know, people just treat them treat them uh, in 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 the, in the same way. You know, um, if I, I guess if um, some guy doesn't like or have has a racist feeling or something, he will keep it himself because it won't be it won't be accepted out there um, officially, and it won't be accepted by the other guys. The other guys won't support it. So, if you're a bigot or a racist or whatever, you probably will just keep that to yourself. And if you keep it to yourself, you know it, it, it doesn't. It, it, you know it, <laughs> that's yours. You know you can keep it. It's no problem. You know. So excellent. And, it, and, and, and yeah, no, it, it definitely does. And like. Um, in terms of like you know leadership do you see like uh, a multitude of different races or is it just you know predominantly white people and well in, in sorry go ahead yeah no 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 so yeah i wanted to find out that and also yeah. in terms of like progression and you know um because again one thing that's really been brought to light especially for me and the conversation that i've had with a lot of black brothers is you know there's been one there's been a lot of microaggressions in the past and then two in terms of progressing up no matter how much you do as a black person even though you know you're, you're more than ticking all the boxes you're being punctual things like that so I just want to kind of understand what, what it's like out there in terms mm -hmm. of the, the, that, that kind of point of view. Um, no what I would say in the, in the um, oil industry and on oil rigs and things like that um, it, it doesn't seem to me that race um, plays a factor at all. It, it doesn't seem to me because I, I think because this, this industry is so, is so global, it's like, you know, you, you might be doing a job in Aberdeen today, then you might be doing a job in, 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 in um, Azerbaijan, then you might be in Africa, then you might. So most mm -hmm. of the guys are moving around all over the world working. If you're in the UK um, sector, if you're in the North Sea working, most of the guys on the rig will be white um, just because we're in the North Sea. So you know, most of, of the guys, most of the opportunities, they, you know, they will employ local guys, you know, they won't bring people in from, from overseas. And 
the, the, the majority of the population here is white. So, you know, they get the, the opportunity. But when, when you go offshore and you see like uh, guys, you know, uh, got black guys, mixed race, Chinese, you know, Thai, whatever, you don't, you don't see, you don't, there's no, um, what to say that it doesn't seem to factor as, as, or your race or something like that, you know. You do, you do see um, guys who are from, you know, ethnic minorities in, in, in leadership positions as well. They're not treated any differently. You know, it, it doesn't seem to be a factor, you know. Um, and I think it's just because of the global nature of this industry. You also see something similar to that in like finance, because mm. financial people work with people from all over the world. So generally in that industry as well, there's not that much, um, you know, like you don't feel racism too much, you know. Um, Yes, Shaimanda, you wanted to. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I just—it's beautiful to hear that that's the way it is. And when you've added the travel piece, I think they always say travel broadens the mind. And when you experience and understand other cultures more, it's hard to have a bigoted or former stereotypical view of what certain people are like. And as you were talking about being, say, like on an oil platform. I kept thinking how, yeah, I mean, it, it's, I don't want to say it's a hot box, but <laughs> you probably have to rely on each other, A, for your sanity, but also for your safety in the sense that, well, mental health is probably a factor. You're away from your family. Some people might have children or pregnant partners or just they've left the dog at home, you know, or they're stressing out about other things and you're almost isolated in your own bubble which is a, a term all of us are using right now unfortunately uh, mm -hmm. so i think everyone would sort of make their rules it made me think about almost the military in a way like where you'd have to have each other's backs and if you were someone who is divisive or doesn't want to connect with all of your colleagues it's not even going to be a great experience for you i think you'd have an awful time and i'm very I'm very curious about, I like the, the point you made about investing in yourself. And I think whether it's from investing in the books to investing in or getting help investing in the courses that allowed you to go into the industry, what are some of the key, and also investing in property and other businesses. So I wanted to find out maybe, I don't know if it's going to be key tips or key things that you look for, for something that you're going to invest in for yourself and for something you're going to look at investing in order to generate some sort of income, if you will, or just to get into mm -hmm. what, what are some of the key things that yeah. either you look for that it will give you personally or financially or otherwise? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, in terms of investing uh, for finance, finan financial things uh, of, of, of late, um, you know, you know, I, basically when I look at things investing, I'm not looking to invest in something that is going to, create another job for me, you know? So, you know, certain type of businesses are actually self-employment. Even if you can make a lot of money in them, you, all of your time is taken, you know, because you have to be constantly um, doing something. If, if you're providing like a service, for example, like say you open a, a body shop, car, car spraying body shop or something, or um, some type of a, a, like a, like a, a gym with, uh, you're a PT in a gym, you know, you open a gym or so you have to be there all the time you have to give all your time so i don't like i don't like personally businesses that take all of my time i like i like something i like anything that is like systemizable to the extent that maybe i might give an hour to it a week and it's and it's sticking over here yeah? 
Um, so it, you know, maybe in the beginning you might have to, you know, you're, you're obviously you're setting it up, so you put your, your time and energy into it. But once when it's running, um, it has to be a, a sort a sort of way where it's automatable. You know, that could be included, like just putting somebody, uh, like a, having an employee or or some employees that that can run it to the extent that they just need to report to me briefly once, you know, uh, a couple of times a week. But it's not it's not a job. It's not another job for me. You know what I mean? Because I think the point of business um, and doing and creating multiple streams of income is to is to give yourself time freedom. You know, I, I'm not I'm not looking to like. Just um, you know, be making um, you know, millions of dollars and a slave to to this job because I'm no better off than if I just was doing a, a basic job and had a bit more time to do what I, what I wanted to do now, you know. Um, so yeah, that's how I filter uh, opportunities for investing. So I invest in pro- property because that that um, it, it doesn't require any um of my time. Well, not much of my time. Just buy to let, you know. You got tenants and they just pay every so often. You might have to go fix an issue and and that's it. Um, I, I like I like some 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 forms of online businesses. You know, like at the moment, there's a great great opportunity in investing with, with in um selling on Amazon, yeah? yeah. Because especially with the pandemic, um, Amazon is taking over. You know, the, the online market share they've got more than sixty percent of it. So and they give you an opportunity where they can do fulfillment for you, or where meaning they send out they send out all the packages for you, just send it to them and they sell it. So. If you do some research and find um, a, a little bit of a niche product on, on Amazon that you can sell, they do all the, all the heavy lifting for you. So you just have to set it up and relax. So I like things like that. Um, uh, or, or even if you could invest in, in businesses where someone is a very passionate about something and you can be perhaps the supply funding and supply guidance to them, but they're going to be running the, the show in that sense. Um, I'm okay with that as well. As long as I, you know... Um, I think that the person has qualities that would 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 see them um, successful in my estimation, you know. Um, so yeah, that's what I look for in terms of um, financial, and then we could talk about personal development uh, again after you guys, if you if you guys want to make a comment on that also. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I was on mute. So um, yeah, I was just going to ask, like, in terms of because you know you again you've gone through all these transition learning you know progression things like that and you know one thing what one key takeaway for me is how you've also learned how to you know mitigate risks turning into issues and things like that um what would you say from business you know perspective would you say was your biggest challenge you know from everything from real estate to you know drop shipping amazon things like that and yet any other businesses that you've you know ventured to what what was the biggest or what has been the biggest challenge or challenges mm, I, I would say perhaps the biggest challenges i faced um, and, and and this is challenge that i faced when i was doing trying to do business in, back in my own country in, in trinidad and tobago it was finding um like like the right people to work with you know, because it's like I, I, I came up with some business um, ideas, like, for example, cars over there sell for a lot more expensive than they do here. So I could have purchased cars here for like, you know, um, maybe one third of the price of the cars over there, ship them there. After I pay taxes, it's like it, it like doubles. It, my money doubles when I sell the car yeah, for the price that I can sell it for. Right. Very simple business, but very lucrative 
based on that sort of is like arbitrage opportunity, right? So I well, worked with a guy who was a prominent businessman there. Um, he, you know, he, he had he had a, a, a truck um, servicing uh, company. He had a printing thing and so on. Um, so he was quite established. I went and met him. You know, he sounded great. You know, he sounded like he, he you know, he, he understands the opportunity. And we did two cars to test it, you know, to sort of like test the waters and so on. And, you know, we brought the first one in, it sold. And then he, um, I think he had some financial problems. You know, he wasn't getting paid from some suppliers or whatever. Um, and I, I think he, he, paid, he paid back some of the money from the sale because he was controlling the money because I thought that, some a, a businessman such like such as him would see that this is just peanuts compared to what we can do if we carry mm. on with it so i didn't even think about you know like that i should keep control of the money you know like who the money goes to so the money was paid to his company he paid back um uh, maybe two-thirds of it and he kept about four thousand pounds um you know and giving lots of excuses how you know, why he didn't pay it so then I come to, uh, so, and then I had another experience similar to that also back, uh, back at home. So I come to realize that the way the, the way the mentality is there, because it's a very small island mentality, is a kind of way where, you know, you, you don't, there is no vision that, hey, like here people seem to have a work ethic that they want to, they want to do a good job and they want to be a certain way. They don't really have that there. They just take whatever they have in hand right now, regardless of, the fact that it can be a much bigger opportunity in the future. So as a result, uh, I, I just kind of stopped doing too many businesses over there because um, of the fact that I couldn't find people to work with who could see, could have a bigger vision than just what little pe pennies they have in their hands now, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, Shaman, do you want to say? Yeah, I do. I, I'm very curious as well now about this idea, obviously, I think finding people with integrity and who you can trust is very crucial. And the way you've described that example of setting out with the two cars, I feel like it's how a lot of people do seek that short-term gain, whether that's a business opportunity or with you as a person, they sometimes sell you short for what you can bring into their life right now. And they'll take whatever they can get like right now which is nothing yes. compared to what you could give them if they stayed with you for for a while longer whether that's friends yes. relationships even family members and i like this idea you've mentioned of almost having this big vision and i think i i love the fact we're talking about this today because a lot of people in my opinion probably myself included have a challenge when it comes to setting a big vision for yourself and before maybe we get into some suggestions you could provide to them about creating a sort of compelling vision for yourself that will make you keep working for the years or through the years, I want to find out um, instead, has your vision was changing and as you were evolving into and you continue to evolve into this different person or becoming more of who you are? What was happening yeah. to the people around you, to your circles, I suppose, because at one point, the people around you meet your needs and they're almost at your level, but I feel like water seeks its level. So if your level rises and everyone else around you isn't doing the same, I'm wondering what happens. And maybe that's a mental health piece as well with how 
maybe there's some, a bit of dissonance or a bit of a, a challenge for yourself where you're feeling an obligation to stay or uh, there's a sense mm -hmm. of loyalty. I, I don't know. I don't know what, 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 so what sort of happened to all the different people around you? Was this quite a, say, isolated in experience where you're going on this journey yeah. on your own and you've bumped serendipitously yeah. into people or were there some people going on the journey uh, who continue to go on the journey with you or yeah i don't yeah. know what was yeah, that? I understand, I understand. yeah well to, to answer that uh, what what i mean my my situation with that was quite unique in the sense that as soon as i started my adult life i moved to another country so it wasn't so much of a, a an issue in terms of like close friends around me seeing me growing and then maybe um you know, me leaving, maybe we, 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 we're leaving each other behind in terms of where we're at or, you know, what, um, you know, our vision for, for, for life and things like that. I didn't really experience that because there was a clean cut where I moved to another country and then everybody that I interacted with or knew here, they, they didn't know me. So they just took me for however I was, which kind of gave me an opportunity to really reinvent myself and be accepted instantly for whatever I tried, whatever um, new ways of being that I tried on, you know, and I think that was very, that was very lucky or very, uh, very helpful to me for reinventing myself. You know, like you said, I believe that if you, um, if you, if you, if you're still in the same circle of people and you're trying to, um, you're trying to sort of like elevate yourself out of there, improve your, 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 um, prospects, change certain traits and so on you will get some kickback from the people who are around you who maybe feel threatened by the fact that you might leave them behind or, you know, that you might make them feel, um, make, make them feel a bit, a bit uh, less, lesser because you, you know, they're now comparing themselves to you and you're, you're, you're leaving them behind a bit, you know? And what I would say is that that is a, that is a sort of hurdle that you have to, to, over, to jump over when, you, when you're, you're moving forward. Because you're going to experience that some people will be, it's sort of like jealousies, you know, like they behave in ways like, you, but it's more or less like they're just feeling you're leaving me behind and I don't want you to leave you behind, you know. Um, and you could try to sort of, um, you could tr I, try to, I try to bring everybody that I can with me if, if, if I'm finding some information, I'll share it with anybody who is in my circle or close to me and so on. But not everybody, not everybody wants to do or has the interest or the motivation to do the kind of work and the kind of investigation you would be willing to do to get a result out of it. Because, I mean, learning all this, this knowledge is one thing, but then when you go to apply it now, I mean, any skill set that you try to apply, if for the first time you try to apply it, you're going to be shit. <laughs> hands down you know let's be real about it right you're not going to be good at it you're going to make a whole host of mistakes um and it depends on how you how you um how you interpret mistakes like when i go into some new um new field like new skills that i'm trying to acquire i expect um to 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 get knockbacks and i'm really grateful when i get them because i feel like i feel like right now i know how to avoid what to avoid that or you know the knockbacks are, are actually like like lessons as well you know because you got the book the book knowledge and then you got the life knowledge and you get the book knowledge by reading and it's easy and you get the life knowledge by knockbacks and it's it feels you know it knocks you on your ass a bit but you still you need that that's really valuable you know so you want to you want to welcome knockbacks and so on and 
if you have that attitude towards any new adventures and any new um, skills or, or, or um, you know, ventures you're, 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 um, you're embarking on, then, you know, you're kind of untouchable, really, because you're not so attached to it. You always um, <laughs> not suffering at all or something, you know, or not, not, not having any knockbacks. Um, yeah, sorry. You know, you're muted, Shai. I can't hear you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so you roll with the punches, uh, which is great. I, yes, yes. I have a question. I, I think from what I know of you, um, I would definitely agree that you are the kind of person who wants to take everyone with and you, there's a joy you get from that. I think that's part of where people say success leaves clues. And it's part of why we're saying all these blueprints and books and videos exist because most people who are climbing the mountain and going through all these hardships, they want company. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not lonely at the top yes. because they kick people off. It's lonely because a lot of people stop climbing right? and people want as many yes, people I like up there. And, and I know probably from your personality as I see it, that it would be quite a difficult thing to do to say, push someone away because they're just not meeting the standard or they are just that negative, if you will. They're not, they're just trying to pull you back down. Like you say, you're trying to evolve. They're trying mm -hmm. to help you regress. And I'm curious if you've had encounters like that and how they've affected you, how you've done it. I'm assuming the business arrangement might be one of those where you've had to check someone in or terminate a contract and obviously it might lead them into some hardship financial hardship but you've done what you can and you can take responsibility for their life so i'm just wondering how do you handle some of those instances and are there perhaps any that stand out that you've had that were particularly difficult and might have affected you in a, in a mental way you know it, it was you know it stayed with you perhaps yes yes um well what i would say i would i would i would speak more about uh, personal um uh, detachments that i that i would have had to make as opposed to financial because when it comes to business and things like that it's it's very it's very sort of um matter of fact so if someone is not performing what we agree, we make an agreement, someone is not performing their, their part of it, then the agreement ends. And, you know, it's not too much, um, it's not too much uh, black, it's not so much gray area with that, you know, uh, you, you, you both agree to something and you expect that they will hold up theirs. If they don't, we try to talk about it. We try to work it out. If it doesn't work, we part ways, you know, I, I try to always make it amicable, amicable if possible. Yeah. Um, so if there's any um, feel, uh, ill feelings, it won't be because of my actions or because of it won't be coming and it won't be becoming from, from me, you know, from my side. Um, so, but in terms of personal um, uh, people around you, that's where I think the, the, the biggest challenges come, you know, because the, these people are in your heart. These are people that you care about and that you would like to, you would like to, to, to keep with you, you know. Um, and then, but what happens is, is that sometimes, especially the people who are closest to you, you know, like, um, you know, family members that you, that you, you, you know, you grew with and, and, and they know you to be a specific way. 
And then now you're, you're, you're trying to come out of that and elevate and you, you are being successful in that. So it's almost like they can see the potential in you blossoming. If they don't feel like their own potential is blossoming in a similar way and they also don't feel a drive or the, the, a, the, a, um, a commitment in themselves to, 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 to make it so. Because if they, if they have that commitment in themselves and they want to go there, when you, uh, people who are like that, when, when you see someone blossoming, you don't like, you don't feel, um, what to say, like, like that, that doesn't make me feel good. You think, oh, wow, they're, they're getting some, some good, valuable information there. Let me, let me ask them what's going on so that, you know, I can get some insights from them and maybe we grow, side, you know, side by side or whatever, things like that are. You, you, you get excited about someone else's successes because you realize you can learn from them, right? Um, but if you're not really willing to put a, put any effort in, then you would you would sort of just feel like as if this person's success is somehow pushing you down, you know. Like it's and against someone, you, kind of thing. Yes, it's against you, right? And when when I encounter someone who's who, who you can clearly see is like that, and they is essentially if they act as if like they have problems with with a lot of things, which doesn't really it, it doesn't make sense what what they have problems with, or they, they just maybe very moody and, and, and so on for very small things. And you say, well, what it is, what, why are they, you know, getting upset about simple things like that? But it's just that they're feeling, they don't feel, they don't, you don't make them feel good. You know, you make them feel small, right? With, do, with that, uh, what I do is I, I confront it directly. You know, it, it's, it's not a very pleasant conversation to have, but I confront it directly. I say, all right, um, so this is, this is what it seems to me that you, you're doing or this is what, what it seems to me like you're feeling. You know, let's talk about it. Let's, uh, let's see if we can work through it because, you know, it's, I'm, not going to, um, I'm not going to sort of like, I don't keep uh, that type of energy around me, you know, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not wanting to like, just like push you away because I, I love you, you know, you're, 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 you're in my heart. But at the same time, if we can't just, face this openly and say, you know, people have feelings, you know, you feel, you might get feelings coming up that, you know, uh, feeling small, you're feeling, um, you're feeling a bit of jealousy, you're feeling me as well, I might feel something like that. But if you can just be open and say, oh, you know, this is how I feel, you know, then it's okay. It's okay to feel that way. And, but you just don't, you don't, you, you don't allow that feeling now, uh, or you're sort of like speaking to them so that you're giving them the opportunity to not allow that feeling to then, translate into them trying to sabotage you in a subconscious in a sort of we you know trying to kind of sabotage you or maybe having a negative uh, um, uh, response to any any sort of um, ideas that you may you may you may tell them about oh I think that wouldn't work or you know why are you bothering with all of that or you know a kind of negative response yeah I, I go direct I, I, I confront them about it and I speak about it and give them that opportunity but I would say some people, um, they, you know, you try, you try, you try, and they, they are how they are, and they're not going to change because they don't, they're not willing to, 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 to let go of just holding on to this smallness. And eventually you have to just sort of like actually explode and tell them, listen, you know, um, is, you know if, you, if you're going to stay like this, then we're going to part ways. Sometimes that is enough to, to spark them now because they realize that you're actually you're actually willing to let them go. Whereas before they may have thought that you would not let them go. Sometimes that, that, you know, that, that, 
realization that you're actually going to let them go makes them feel that they want to, they, they start to see the value in having you in their lives now. So they might make a change, sometimes not. And then you just have to follow through on, on, on that and just let them go. Yeah. No, I, 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 I totally agree with you. I mean, I've also been in that and, and have experienced it, you know. Um, and there's, I, th- I think there's two requisites there. One is, you know, the communication is so, so, so key because, you know, even let's say, for instance, you're climbing up the ranks, you're doing good things, you're, you're pushing on in life and progressing and a lot of good is coming from that. Even in your nearest circle, there'll always be that one who, or those people who, as much as you know, you call them your friends or family, because you're doing so well and they're not getting that, they kind mm-hmm. of, you know, semi-repel. And 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 I think it's unintentional a lot of the times. Um, it's just the case of like, you know, you're reaping more than they are. But then again, it all comes down to what seeds have you sown um for, for, for you know for something to reap from that but i think you know it's so good the fact that you go dive in and communicate because that lack of communication you know breaks relationships and i've seen it time and time again it's all about going to that person speaking to them and just saying like you know what's the problem what's the issue how can we overcome this you know or how do you see the, this relationship moving forward? How can we c- kind of build to it? I mean, if you want the same results I'm, I'm getting, I can teach you this. I can bring you on my journey. I can do X, Y, Z, so on and so forth. But at the same time, there's got to be a level of commitment that the other person wants to do. And a lot of the times people, you know, they see the, success, the successes, but they never want to put in the work themselves. So you see, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's even more, it's even more harder. It's, it's just like that saying, you know, you could take the donkey to, to the well, but you can't make it drink, can you? No, exactly. That's a, it's very true there. Very true. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I feel, you know, I, um, sorry. No, I was going to say, I feel like we need to change this to the blueprint for success or something. <laughs> <laughs> We're making our own blueprint. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> but, you know, something that I, that I wanted to touch on um, that as well about, you know, when we're going out there, I mean, like for, in my mind, um, uh, and what, you know, we talk about vision and stuff like that. To me, you know, you, the, the life we have here, we have a certain amount of years to experience it. And my, my, this for me, what the highest valuable thing is, 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 is a multiplicity of experiences. Yeah. Um, nothing that you acquire material or so is, it's, um, it's, it's, it's worth anything to you after you're gone. You know, when you're on your deathbed, you think about the experiences you've had. So for me, I want to have as much and as varied experiences as possible. Now, what happens is there are systems that are, are built around us, uh, in the society that we live in, which if we don't master them, they, they act as a, a chain. Uh, a, a noose around a chain on our ankles, if you would, right? They, they don't allow you to to be able to just do do things that you want and explore the you know the world and the, all the different experiences that you can have there and skill sets you can acquire. So my my objective initially was always um, to create financial freedom for time freedom. It was not wasn't really that I just want to have lots of money. I wanted to have time freedom, and then with that time freedom, is like 
what I what I want is to 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 to, to just have um, as many different experiences as possible. But for me as well, skill sets are like experiences, you know. So I want I, I would want to try to learn. So I want to be free to go and um, maybe if I want to do a little kickboxing or something, go to Thailand and do a little um, a little boxing course. If you I like dancing, I, I do the Spanish dances, so I wouldn't mind going um, to some festivals in Europe and go to go to um, you know South America and do some dancing classes and things like that, and for a month and not have to think about or oh, how am I gonna finance this or how is my you know how am I gonna like I'm gonna have to go back to a job and and slave for the next year to pay for this type of thing, yeah? So I think the, the point I'm trying to make is that a lot of people tend to think about when they're setting visions as freedom, freedom from something. I want to be free from having to work. I want to be free from uh, financially free, for, you know, from my boss, from, from um, these kind of things. But I think it's just as important to think about freedom for, Yeah. What are, you, what, what are you going to do if you create financial freedom so you can do whatever you want with your time? What, what do you want to do with your time? What are you interested in? And, and so in that sense, fun. <laughs> fun is a very important part of, of life. And I, I don't really do that many things that are not fun for me. You know, but like I said, there are certain, th certain um, things in, in the early days where I had to buckle down and get, you know, my finances and, and, and certain things in order so that you can have that freedom to, to choose how, I, how do I want to spend my time with this 80 years or so that I have. You know, if you don't, if you don't master the systems and financial system, all the different systems that, um, that bind us, if you don't master them and, um, and rise above them, then there will be a chain around your ankle. And once you master them, then you're, you're free to, but what are you free for? You think about that, right? Free to do, to live life in a certain way. And you need to think about that as well as you're working towards your vision, it makes your vision a lot more um, attractive to work towards. Can I hear you, Shaiman? I said that's it. Sorry, I, fiddling around. That, yeah. That's outstanding advice. I think for anyone, regardless of age or whatever level you are in life, just to think about what you want to be more free for. I think I've had a conversation with my dad, for example, who's now retired and all this. And when you're retired and I don't want to say you have nothing to do, but you have nothing but to think of what you want to do. It shouldn't be the case that you just sit down. It's like now I have the opportunity to spend time with family or to learn any skill I want to travel. And I think one of the shames sometimes is that a lot of people fantasize about doing that in the later years. And not that they don't do anything now, but it feels like they go for the short-term pleasure-producing activities now with the hope that they'll do the other more meaningful experiences later, as opposed to even perhaps switching it around, like do those things that you would hope to do much later on because as the 2020 showed, like nothing is guaranteed. And unless you, because it doesn't have to be this massive, I'm going to live on a beach and sip margaritas all day, or I'm going to go on safari every month. It can be as simple as I'm going to have enough freedom that I can travel the UK every weekend or just do activities, start to learn activities. Some people yes. work so much, they don't yeah. feel like they can rest and just to have a day of rest and to 
sit down and think of what you want to do during that time of rest is is very important. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's an incredible point that you've made. And it, there's a yeah, but the, but I think, sorry. No, please, please go ahead. Yeah, but I think that's um the, you know one key um one key sort of uh, maybe nuance to, to to highlight in in that in this point I'm in that point that you're making and that I'm making is that you know if you if you don't um if you don't master these systems that are imprisoning us in terms of money finances and uh, you know even like some of the social systems and things that are you, you don't have the option to, 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 to live free, to, to do what you want to do. You don't have the time. If, if, you, if, you don't, if you don't educate yourself, say, for example, on how the financial system works, say the financial system is not designed to, to, to give you any freedom. It's designed to, to, to produce children in school who are like drones for the system. Yeah, they get a job. Cogs in the system. Mortgage, and then they just... And then they just cogs on a wheel and you know you work work nine to five then you work late because you're trying to get ahead but you know ahead to what to, to, to get a promotion so that you can work, work even later but you drive a nicer car to the to the um to the jailhouse right and um <laughs> yeah so so the thing is yeah if you don't study that study this system and, and learn well okay right how to i how can i take care of my needs because you you can't function outside of it but still have my time freedom so I can do, do you know, like experience life and, and, and have a bit of fun with my life. You know what I mean? Have some time to do some things. Yeah, that is um, important. So, I'm, so the, point I, the point I'm making is that it's important, it's important to understand that there is some uh, minimal work that you have to do to be able to even have the time to, um, to, 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 to pursue things that make you feel fulfilled and so on. You know what I mean? Uh, and it all comes down to like understanding, you know, certain systems and the chains that bind you. So it comes down to educating yourself with the right type of information and then applying it. Yeah, that's that's and then my- you get your freedom from. Yeah, your your yeah. points reminded me of Sir Ken Robinson, who he's passed now, but he he was very much an advocate of changing the way that schools are set up, and not stifling or stop ceasing the creativity in people and just almost factory manufacturing them it's got a great ted talk for anyone who hasn't heard it uh, the, the title escapes mm-hmm. me but it's well worth checking and finding out and i think the point you were making before about almost these things that we leave and put off but or try we try to accumulate so many things which you can't take it with you. It's been said, you know, the pharaohs tried it. It doesn't work. People found it later on and it's in museums now. You can go see it. Like you cannot take it with you. And there is also a book, I think she's called Bonnie Ware, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying, that puts that into perspective. I think she was like, she worked, she did various things, but she was like a palliative nurse. Uh, so like an end of life care nurse for a bit. And so she had these amazing, beautiful conversations with people at the very end of their life and finding out what was most important to them. And it was never the cliche, I, I wish I worked more, but it depends what your work is. If you're trying to cure cancer or do something amazing for your family, then absolutely, perhaps you should work more. Um, yeah. but it was then, you, then you wouldn't call friends. that work, would you? Precisely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's it. What we label as work is often perhaps what we don't want to be doing, but have to do 
purely transactionally yeah. there is no passion involved there is no enjoyment we're just transactioning we're not even trying to turn up yes. and do our best like someone who's a consultant uh, or contractor would usually be doing something that is meaningful to them that they are good at that they enjoy creating and it's, it meets their own life purpose but anyway, as we're speaking as well I got to thinking of another great man who sort of mastered himself and channeled that self-mastery into trying to conquer at the time the known world. And this is Alexander the Great. I think there's a quote attributed to him, which is something like there are two types of people in the world, like those who face their fears and those who I think suffer from it and die. So essentially there's people who overcome the fear, go forth, do great things. There are people who are consumed by the fear and eventually just die. They haven't lived, they haven't been able to push beyond. I was going to ask what the, la the last thing you did that filled you with fear was, or the last <laughs> risk or non-risk that you took in business was, um, yeah, I may as well ask you that. Well, yeah. Um, hmm. Perhaps the, the, the last thing that really stands out to me is that it was uh, a certain person who was very close to me, uh, was, uh, was um, uh, what to say, like, I think they were experiencing some of the feelings that we were speaking about earlier, and, uh, and I, I, I felt the need that I had to, I had to confront them about it, but I had to confront them in front of everyone in the close circle that this person was involved in and I was involved in because another thing that was going on as well would, would be that this person would, um, would uh, maybe if I was to pull, pull, pull this person aside and have a private chat, uh, man, you know, sort of like directly with them, they would go and they would sort of use, use that now and tell a different story to everyone around and try to rally people. So it wasn't, it, it, you know, that, that wasn't productive and it's not something I wanted to exclude from my life. So basically I had to, I had to have the conversation in front of everyone so that there was no, there was no way to go and create any sideward motion and rallying people against and all this sort of stuff. It just had to be dealt with direct, you know, Man, to, you know, sort of like directly, and um, and that felt me with quite a, a an anxiety for, to do it. And then when I did it, it had a it had the, the the result that I that I hoped for. You know, it, it's it just forced direct um, communication, yeah, because there was no option to go and talk about it with this one or that one. Everybody saw the conversation. Everybody could make their mind about it, and no one would sort of like side take take a side, you know, with that person against or something not that it was it was that but that particular experience well i, I found it challenging to, to to do that in you know in front of the group and it i mean when i was speaking it was my voice was trembling a little and all that but uh you know i did it and it, it did have the effect i wanted we you know we we end up have being able to then directly just put the cards on the table and deal with it and now the relationship i have with this person is, is very is very beautiful you know and direct, you know. Which is important. 
Yeah, that's great. Uh, I'm sure I hope that's going to give someone listening the courage to attempt to do the same. And I keep remembering books today for some reason. There's another book called The Anatomy of Peace, I think by the Arbinger Institute. Hmm. They touch on what some of what you just said about one example of some conflicts is there's usually people are always looking for allies or certain types of people are looking for allies. And it's like, sometimes that's why some people gossip. That's why some people, for example, will say, oh, the weather in Manchester is horrible because they're looking for someone who will be an ally to them. They're not usually looking for someone who will go, actually the weather here is pretty nice or I come from a desert climate. I love this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's so much water. Misery likes company like this too, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I want to try and transition into some of our closing questions. Um, don't know if, mm-hmm. how Ray feels about that, because I know we've taken a lot of your generous time, as agreed. <laughs> and okay, it's okay. <laughs> I'm enjoying the conversation. Oh, as am I. <laughs> I mean, we could keep going. <laughs> could take you back, man. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, yeah, keep them coming back. We'll, we'll have you on again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem with that. <laughs> Well, the first closing question that I'd like to ask you is, what's the best thing about being black? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, it, it, that, that just brings, <laughs> it brings to mind a song by an artist called Chronix. I don't know if you know Chronix. Oh, for sure. Um, yes, and uh, just one lyric in the song. They never told us that black is beautiful. You know, they never told us, yeah? Um, wh- one thing I think of, uh, that's, that's great about being, being, being black is, is the culture, I think, that, you know, we, we have. Um, and it, it, it doesn't seem to be just restricted to any, any um, country, you know, like black people in America, black people in the UK, black people in the Caribbean or in Africa. We, you know, seem to have a kind of a kinda chill, a kind of calmness about them, you know. Yeah, you meet a brother and it's just like, you could just be real with him, you know, it's no, none of these um, sort of like pol- uh, polite games that, you know, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people play here in Britain, you know, it's like, you, you can't really just gel, it's like almost like there's a wall there. I think uh, with, with us, we, we, we tend to be a lot more, we got a bit of heart now, we got a bit of, a lot more heart with, with us and it's easy to just you know, I've got some African neighbors there and, you know, I'm over, I'm over by their house fixing this, fixing stuff in the house all the time. They're cooking food or they invite me over. They come over here, you know, it's, it's just a one love and, you know, we just met, <laughs> but I've got other neighbors and I don't even know, I don't even know their names properly. You know what I mean? So somehow there is a unity between us, between us black, black people, you know, that I, I like a lot. I enjoy that a lot. A kind of ease, easiness, you know, easygoingness. Um, as well, you know, black, black don't crack. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I mean, we we got the, we definitely got the um, you know, the the aesthetics down. You know, say that uh, again. <laughs> <laughs> Please say it again. <laughs> you know that uh, that black is beautiful. That's a lyric. You know, I always think about that. You know, my friend, he has a grandmother. Um, she was about ninety something when. You know, she passed away um, now, but uh, she was, I remember her, she was 90 something um, years old and her face had no wrinkles on it, you know. I mean, you can see that she's an old woman, but it's like, there wasn't that, 
there wasn't that in her face, you know what I mean? So I'll say, wow, that's, that's impressive that is, you know? Um, but I think, you know, th 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 that's just uh, topical things. I think mainly, I, 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 as well, I feel now that even in, even in the world, in the eyes of the world and everything, it's like, it's almost like it's been hidden that um, the, the, the kind of like the value that uh, is in us, if you know what I mean, the, 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 the value, the beauty that is in us. And it's now kind of becoming um, becoming in the light. So, you know, like almost everybody wants to be black now. <laughs> you know, that is the cool thing. Then is the, you know, that, that, um, that beauty, that power, that kind of, um, that kind of brotherhood and togetherness. It's, it's something that, you know, mo most people desire and that's what we have. And it's, it's great, you know, to have that, you know. I feel like you've just described uh, the Ubuntu philosophy to the world right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, I think you're quite right. It's quite universal. Um, next question for you. Mm -hmm. who, who taught you how to shave? How to shave? Hmm. Nobody taught me how to shave, actually. Uh, I just used to go to the barber when I was a child and then I taught myself. <laughs> I just looked at what they did and then I, I uh, figured it out, you know, I mean, it's, it wasn't rocket science. But like I say, I didn't grow up with a, um, with a male role model. I didn't have a father figure around. Um, so uh, that's an interesting question. I guess it could segue, um, uh, follow it in the sense that um, that's interesting for, a, for a, a boy growing up without a male role model. I mean, your father is your, your male role model is the one who's supposed to teach you about all the things like even you know social skills how to how to feel how to confidently carry yourself you could learn it organically just by looking at him and seeing what how he handles and kind of imitating him when you're younger and later on you can have conversations with him and he, he, you know this this uh, wealth of knowledge that i've acquired from reading books and speaking with other men and so on that, that's something that the, father, that the father should really impart to you. So as a result of not having that father figure, you know, when I grew up, it's like almost I felt like I was lost. I didn't know what it was to be a man, to be, you know, to, to how to empower myself in the world. So, I mean, I, I went and I learned it from, from, from other sources, you know. But some people... Um, may not, may not um, see that possibility to go and learn it from other sources. And in fact, they just don't know what they don't know. They don't know what, that, what they haven't been taught. So, you know, so sometimes the, the life takes a downward trajectory because you didn't have that somebody to guide you and say, hey, you know, this is how, you know, this is some of the options you have available to you. So you choose which, which should you there. But at least you have the tools now, you know, you have the tools to, 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 to take advantage of whichever direction you want to head in, you know? Yeah. Can I ask yeah. about your siblings then? Because I know you said one was a brother. So are the, the rest of the siblings, are they all your sisters? Yeah, all, all my, I have four sisters and one brother, yeah. Ah, yeah. okay. All the older ones are your sisters, are they? Or? Yeah, well one, well, one of them, one, one sister is younger than me. So, she is, so she's the youngest and then it's me and then, the rest are, are older, you know? Yeah. Okay. Cool, I'm just curious. And it, what advice would you give to your younger self, if you could? 
Well, what advice I would give, um, I guess, you know, I can just give you the summary of my, my understanding of how to improve mental health now, which is perhaps a good, good, good thing to, to mention towards the end here. Um, I would say to my younger self that the, the idea that I have that, you know, certain skills are not learnable, it's erroneous, right? And that, in fact, anything that I, feel, I felt like I was lacking in, you know, it's, it's a learnable skill, right? And it's also, I think, valuable to mention that any, anybody that you see, any person you see who, has, who's, who excels in this or that area, they also had to learn it. They weren't born with it. You're not born with any skills, really. But, yeah. you know, you can learn it in an organic way, like we said, and to, through your role model, uh, your, your, mask, your, your father figures and things like that. You can just pick it up organically like that. Or, you can, or, or if, if that wasn't the case, then you have to learn it now through other, me- other means, you know. You could also um, seek out other men who are exhibiting uh, high levels of whatever quality you feel you're lacking, and approach them and say, hey, you know what? I'm trying to improve on this and I see you're very good at it. So would you, um, w- would you mind sort of giving me some pointers or something like that? That's a great compliment to a man. He would be more than happy to, to, to give you some point, some, you know, some guidance and things like that, yeah? So you, you can also make your own role models um, as you, get, as you grow, grow up and you, you realize what qualities you're lacking and what you want to try to get. Find guys who have it and and shadow them and you know speak seek, seek out um, advice from them, and that was what I would say to my younger self. You know, you, you can learn any skill set, and I feel I felt like when I acquired started acquiring skill sets, and and take and and they started stacking up, is the more empowered I felt, the more at ease, the more capable of responding to whatever life true true at me. So the more in my element, and then mental health just like evaporated as an issue. It no longer it was no longer um, even something that I think thought about because I was so capable, and I think with men in particular capability being capable being able to respond is very important for your well being you know for feeling well being and that comes to, that comes down to skill sets, which is all acquirable. That that's my me- message for in terms of anybody who wants improvement on seek out skill sets and acquire them, feel more capable and mental health improves um, from there. Really, 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 really do appreciate, you know, getting the insight from yourself. Um, the final thing for me is, you know, again, thank you again, because you also embarked on the wonderful journey that, you know, started all of this um, last year, us formalizing, creating Mentalk. And it wasn't, it wasn't for us, it was for all of us in all. Um, so the question I have for you is prior to you embarking on that journey, what was your expectations and after it, or even now, you know, what did that journey mean to you of us, you know, as black men or hiking and walking up, you know, shoulder by shoulder all the way to the top, going through all the journeys and having the little breakdown, I, you know, I just want to get some insight. What did yeah. it mean to you? Yeah, well, in terms of when I, my expectations, to, to be honest with you, Charmander invited me quite at the last minute. And I, I just was thinking it was just about, we were just going for a hike, you know. I didn't realize it was such an organized, well thought out um, event. And 
you know, like such a, um, such a, a positive uh, initiative that you guys were actually setting up and starting. So when I came, I didn't come with much expectations just to, to you know, to walk in the hills and, and uh, have a bit of a, a time with the boys. But uh, when, you know, we got there and the, you know, the way how you, you guys set the, um, the tone and it gave us topics that we could discuss to kind of get into the, you know, into the understanding that we could actually talk about, our, you know, mental health and things like that and our experiences and try to, you know, learn from each other or bond a little bit. Uh, you know, that, that was great. You know, I, I found that to be a very uplifting kind of day, you know, uh, it, 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 everybody, all the guys that, uh, when, when they left, you know, I think they, they all had that same sentiment of, yeah, it just was something blessed, you know what I mean? Um, so that was, that's what I, I got from it. But then, you know, th this is what I say, like, with, I was just saying that, you know, if you're, you're feeling lacking in skill sets, seek out men who, who, um, who um, exhibit them to a high quality and, and, and ask them to, 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 to assist you or to, to give you some pointers. Well, this group is um, a source for that in that sense. You know, if you, you will have, there's various different personalities, different levels in the group and different skill sets, and you can, you can, you know, kind of acquire. So from that group, I met a guy called uh, Obi, um, you know, and he was built like a brick shit house, like they say. <laughs> he was very well built. Uh, so I, I, you know, and I was kind of, I'm getting into, I, I do a little bit of training, but I'm not very disciplined with it. So I just asked him, you know, how does he train and things like that? And he told me a few pointers and then I, I asked him, you know, well, maybe I could come and do a little session with you. So I went and I did a session with him in some fancy gym that he goes to. <laughs> and then, you I'm know, sure. it was, it went well. And from since then I've been training with him and, they, you know, then he trains with another guy who is a PT in that gym. I mean, he's up he's of the same amount of knowledge as a PT himself anyway, but, you know, all three of us train, train together um, regularly. And, you know, now I've got diet plans and this and that all just, um, just from, from the brothers, uh, you know, I mean, these kind of things, that kind of training with, with guys who have that kind of knowledge, you would have to pay a lot of money for if you was just to try to seek it as a, as a commodity. But, you know, I'm, I'm training with two PTs, um, free of charge and you know they're, they're taking it taking me under their wing and but what I would say is when I when you when you seek out um, assistance from another man for improving a skill set when they're giving you advice or when you're working with them make sure you're you're show um, willing you're show willing you know you're you show keenness you know and and try your best try your best to, 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 to improve as, as as best as possible that's the greatest you know sort of like return on investment you can give to them or reward them when they see that they put some effort into you and you've you've excelled because of it that makes somebody feel very um very rewarded for, for putting that effort you know so i would say yeah that, that that as well so 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 from the ubuntu come back to your question yeah you 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 interact with men who have different skills that you can you can um you know you can get some advice from you can and then you you know you do the same you know you share if, if somebody approaches you and that is something that's super valuable, you know, um, in this day and age where so many men don't have male role models and grow up with fathers, they, you know, if, if you don't have that many male friends or so, you, you need a little, you need somebody to guide you a little bit, you know, when you're now starting out, you need some support and things. So that's what that group can, can do for you, you know, yeah. I think you've knocked Ray out with your answer. 
<laughs> Sorry, I didn't even know that was a mute. But no, I was saying, you know, you're, you're right on so many levels. It's that thing of, you know, you are the crowd you keep. And, you know, the, 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 the key takeaway with going into different circles and, you know, learning from other people, willingness, be keen, because it's all part of the growth. And, and what I say to people around me that, you know, if you're not growing, I'm not growing. So it's the same kind of, you know, mm-hmm. compass kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Roger, based on what you just said, um, what, what, what do you th- wish more men talked about? It doesn't have to be based on what you just said. It could be completely something else. But yeah, yeah, yeah. what do you wish more men spoke about? Hmm. Uh, that's that's interesting. Uh, what do I wish more men spoke about? What what what, uh, what I would say uh, is, you know, maybe I might change the question a little bit in in the sense that I would say that uh, a lot of young men coming up. Um, they need a little guidance from, 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 from men who, who are a little older and who have a bit more experience of life and things like that, you know? Young men nowadays, they got to go to YouTube to, find, to, 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 to hear something about what it is to be a man, you know? The media is, is um, pushing a narrative of almost like uh, being a man is like you're guilty of something, you know? <laughs> Especially with the rise of feminism. And when I say feminism, I mean extreme feminism kind of, putting men down in that sense. Um, uh, you know, it, it's kind of confusing for young men as to what it is to be a man, how it is to, 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 to live in a wholesome way where you don't, you don't give up your personal power, but you, you don't necessarily ex- um, try to control others, but you don't give up your personal power. You live life on your terms um, you, without... Uh, removing the um the freedom of others to do the same as well yeah um that knowledge and that's that's um that understanding that you have that power to do that and and how to how to deal with your internal world and how to deal with the challenges that life through for you to shoulder the burdens that is kind of like expected of 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 men um uh you know Young men need some guidance for that, so and 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 that is seriously lacking nowadays. Um, so I would say it would be good if you know all all the, all the generations of men who maybe have some things figured out a lot better than the younger ones can. If that opportunity is there for them to share with each other, now, you know, which is initiatives such as the Ubuntu and so on is 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 that you know, you're gonna have men of of, of various ages, some twenty something year old, some some 30 something you know some of the 30 somethings are actually 20 somethings or 30 or, or teenagers in their minds but <laughs> you know <laughs> we won't go there but you know they can they can benefit as well from the group in that sense to to, to like kind of um grow up in their in their in their approach to life as as well i guess um i mean i have a lot of uh, younger younger um friends also uh, who you know maybe men who I meet from from my family and things like that you know like my brothers-in-laws and things young young guys 20 something coming up you know and they they, they 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 seek a lot of they seek a lot of knowledge and I share a lot of knowledge with them and wise them up and give them all the tricks that you know I kind of took maybe a few years of 
researching and <laughs> messing it up to learn and then you just hand it to them on a, on a plate and it's great because now they can stand on your shoulders so they're going to be um they're going to have all your knowledge from 23 that you've got you you took 30 i'm 33 now so it took me 33 to get there they got it from 23 and now they can build almost from where i'm at they can build so by the time they hit 33 they're going to be way ahead of where i am now you know and that is the whole um that is the whole idea and I, I, I like to see, you know, generations building on generations and so on. So, yeah, I hope that answers your question. It absolutely does. Yeah, it absolutely does. And it reminds me of a, another course. You can build on success, but you shouldn't rest on it. It's like a ladder, you've got to keep climbing. Um, whoa. I mean, this has been just exquisite. <laughs> amazing, truly amazing. <laughs> yes, it's been it's been great chatting. Been great sharing some some ideas. Yeah, I mean, so I suppose to summarize, first and foremost, Roger, I want to say thank you for giving your time so generously today, and for having the gumption to live life to the maximum. You know and setting that example for everyone listening, whoever they are. If those of you listening were curious and wanted to know more about Roger, we'll ask him in a second how you can perhaps connect and maybe get more inspired about your next adventures. Before that, I just also want to say thank you for being another positive role model and example of what a black man is that we can share with the listeners and the world at large. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you. I mean, uh, it's been it's been a, it's been my pleasure. So, you know, it's uh, no no trouble at all. <laughs> I enjoy um, chatting about life and uh, comparing comparing ideas. It's uh, it's how it's how I grow as well. You know, so yeah, Excellent. it's been mutual mutually beneficial. How how best is it? Very please. Sorry, Ray. No, 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 no. Sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say um, it's it's been really refreshing, overwhelming, and we are truly honoured for you to not only have embarked on the journey with us for the beginning, but, you know, still there, still here, and um, even more, absolute pleasure having you on this podcast. Um, one of yeah. many, shall we say. Yes, hopefully, yeah, hopefully you know, um, I'm always... Um, available for, for things like such as this you know passing on the um the lessons and so on you know excellent you're a hidden gem man like everything is valuable when it's in the mind but most people only appreciate it when they see it in the store and yeah right. uh, <laughs> i see you like that yeah. true hidden gem out there diamond geezer as they say in the uk right <laughs> Uh, I'm, under, you know, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that my head could fit through that door when I leave, <laughs> when I finish. <laughs> we keep pumping, let me... <laughs> you don't make it sad, bit too good. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's one, it's one love, you know, one love. Um, one love, yeah. yeah. You said that before, I just went straight to Bob Marley, you know. It's, I, I like that, <laughs> I think that's, that's your vibe, man. One love. Um, on that note of love, I, I want to share with you just a final mutual thing that you can take as well and anyone listening can take there's a poem by jesse b rittenhouse 
and it's called My Wage. Uh -huh. I won't recite it or recount it here, but uh, that I think matches brilliantly your own ethos. So Jesse B, Rittenhouse, My Wage. Uh, yeah, I think it's just about being careful what we ask of life because it will give it to us. You know? And I think yes. a lot of what you were saying about having a vision and evolving that as you continue to learn is in encapsulated in that. But man, yeah, just mm -hmm. I'll definitely one... have a have a look at it. So yeah, I wrote it down. So I'll have a look at it now. Yeah. Excellent. Well, stay safe. Take care. I'm looking forward to our next conversation, like Ray said. And thank you for being here yeah, today. Uh -huh. Did you ask me before about how to how to get in touch with me and things like that? Oh yeah, my bad. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm on I'm Facebook and um, and, and so on. If somebody wants to touch base, I mean, I like people, so <laughs> I don't mind you know meeting some new people. So what do they? Uh, you know, they can just give me a message um, on Facebook or so, and um, and I'll, you know I'll be or Instagram even. Uh, what is my handle on Instagram? I don't even look, use these things. It's called, my handle is Mejias Roger One on Instagram. That's my surname is M-E-J-I-A-S-R-O-G-E-R-1. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, Instagram is probably the best place to get into, to, to kind of just send me a message on Instagram or, or so, and I'll, I'll get back to you, back to you, you know, if, if you want to chat about anything. Awesome. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you very much. Like Ray said, thanks for continuing to be such an amazing community, Ubuntu community member. And it's a great initiative you guys are doing. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you all the way, whatever you're, you're doing. <laughs> That's, uh, I'm here to support if needed, you know, so nice one. Thanks very much. Hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating. Don't forget to follow, like, share and connect with us on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. Subscribe to our latest episode and listen to any you missed and tune in next episode. Take care.